0: And now, coming at you from the 5 Star Physique Studio in Knoxville, Tennessee, this is The Drop Set with your host, Darren Starr. Happy Wednesday, August 8th. I'm recording this episode today. I will be getting it up today because I am a slacker. Neil Robertson, thank you. I got an email from Neil saying that it was Wednesday and we haven't had a podcast episode yet. I know, I know, I suck mea culpa. Um, so I can't do anything else. It's raining as though it is. Uh, I, I should be hopping on the ark. That's what it looks like outside right now. It's it's coming down pretty darn good here in East Tennessee. So thank you for joining me. We are in episode 67 right here. We got a couple things to talk about right out of the gate. Um, and I'm just going to start rambling. I'm going without a script. I think I can do this one just off the top of my head today. I feel pretty confident about it. So a couple things. First, big news of the week for me. The drop set is officially on Spotify. So, if you're listening on Spotify, hey, thanks for joining us. It's good for us to be there with you. So, thank you. Um, I'm excited. I had no idea. I heard, um, I got a message from someone on Facebook um, who said, hey, I found your podcast. I've been listening to it on Spotify. And I was like, er, what? Because I, I submitted an application to Spotify probably six months ago, um, And then I was like, you know, 30 minutes later, I went back and checked on it. Like, nope, still waiting. 30 minutes later, next day, nope. Day after that, still waiting, still waiting. I go and do a little bit of searching and it's like, yeah, good luck. Um, (laughs) It may never happen. Um, apparently, they've been approving more and more of them lately, but still, it's a really slow process. So, it took some number of months. Somebody else on Instagram commented that uh, he thought he'd been listening to it on Spotify for a couple months, which is entirely possible. I swear I thought I had checked more recently than that, but I just kind of forgotten about it. It's just one of those things I submitted, and they never sent me an email saying when it was approved. So, who knows? Anyway, we're on Spotify now. So, all of your podcast outlets, we should be on there. Um, I mean, clearly, I'm, I'm preaching to the choir. If you're listening to this, you know how to find me. So, anyway, um, it's good to be on Spotify though. Um, that that is what I use for everything that I listen to. So, it's kind of nice to to be a part of, of the community that uh, that I actually use. So, that's exciting. Oh, man, that rain is really coming down. And you know, I've been spending the summer building this deck, and one of the features of this deck was um, it's a Weatherproof patio underneath, so there's actually a ceiling um, that I installed underneath the deck, but over our basement patio here, which is where I am. Well, I'm I'm inside, but I'm looking at it right now. Um, and it's sloped, so it catches the rainwater and then it feeds into a gutter. And I see all kinds of issues in my gutter system right here throughout the window. So I'm making mental notes like, eh, got to fix that. Got to tighten that up. I need to adjust that gap right there. That's not hitting it." So. Uh, always work to be done. Always work to be done. Um, let's talk polls. There is a poll question that's been on the website for about 14 years, and it's time to retire it. Um, do you wear a lifting belt? Um, 56% of people said never. 44% said just uh, I will say when appropriate squats, deadlifts, et cetera. Nobody said that they always wear one. So I know that somebody out there is lying because I see all kinds of people who are walking around the gym, wearing their belt all the time on bicep day or whatever, because I don't know, they want to wear a ra- waist trainer, but they're too cheap to buy one, whatever. I don't know. Um, I know you're out there. I see you. I see, I make eye contact with you. Now, clearly, Maybe it's just not the, uh, not the audience that listens to this show, which clearly is more sophisticated, right? I mean, I would hope so. So anyway, thank you for voting on that. So now at thedropset.com, I have a new poll up. And this poll, um, once again, this is anonymous. So you can go vote on this, and I have no idea who you are or anything like that. It's all good. Um, but I'm going to ask you to out yourself and be honest with this. Do you find yourself judging people who aren't into bodybuilding or training in some way? And if the answer is yes, answer yes. I mean, I would say, you know, I don't think that necessarily makes you a horrible human being, but you might want to reevaluate. But I kind of want to know. I kind of want to know. So again, I want to know who you are. So go and vote out yourself or be honest and say, no, I don't. Um, And then uh, we'll talk about the results. So just two options there. Yes or no. That's it. Very easy. Yes or no question. Do you find yourself judging people who aren't into bodybuilding or training in some way? And one of the things that, that that may also imply is, well, I don't try to, but yeah, I do find myself doing it sometimes and I'm kind of ashamed of it and I don't like it. Or other, you know, another valid answer would be like, yeah, I just don't respect people who don't take care of themselves. So um, I'm just curious. I'm curious. So let me know. the dropset.com. it's right there on the main page. Um, and uh, let me know what you think. So since last week, a bunch has happened in my life. I mean, I'm always busy. I'm always doing stuff. I always feel kind of funny saying that because I have clients and You know, invariably, uh, there's a client who, you know, will travel and go out of town four or five times in a month. And so then I say, like, oh, I've had a really busy week. I'm like, I haven't been doing shit compared to a lot of people, but it feels like a lot's been happening. You know what I mean? I mean, it, uh, it, it feels like there's always a lot going on. Um, the days are always busy. They're always loaded up. Part of it is just uh, it, it's a function of running your own business and being the only one responsible for every damn thing. So. When you see the graphics put out for the podcast, you'll see this week they've been updated with the Listen on Spotify logo button on there. The graphic department here is the one that does that. That's me. Um, When uh, I have an issue with emails that are being sent through the website that aren't coming through, um, the, uh, the tech department has to figure out what's going on there and submit a re, uh, support request to the uh, writers of the uh, the plugin that has my contact form on the website. And then I have to figure out, or I'm sorry, the tech department has to figure out how to decipher the instructions that they're saying. I, I used to work in tech support, so I'm no idiot, but still trying to set up, uh, What what is, what is the... Uh, um, if, if anybody else is is tech savvy on this one, I'm not asking for help, but you'll get a kick out of this. The uh, tab on my browser here that's been open now for like two months while I try to gather the time to actually work on this is titled How to Set Up SMTP Using WP Mail SMTP Plugin. And, you know, I go through this thing and it's like, okay, follow these instructions. Now you're going to go into the Google API because you need it to, you know, be delivered via gmail to a gmail address and okay copy and paste these settings into this field like that field isn't there crap okay now what so um anyway that that's my life on the tech side of things you know all client uh training program writing um creating new programs from scratch and getting those put up. Um, all that stuff. Um, setting up my my Shopify storefront so that people can buy those programs. Um, everything on social media. I know. Woe is me, right? Shut up, Darren. You've got it really good. Just shut up. Nobody wants to hear your sob story. I know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I will stop. I'm gonna move on right now. I just need to have a little pity party there for about forty five seconds. I think it's out of my system now. So um What else has been going on? So I did get a new program put up online last week. I don't remember if I had that up when we were last together. Um, Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. It's actually a strength-based program. And one of the big distinctions that I always struggle with um, in in training and working with clients is, you know, what what we're doing in in bodybuilding and contest prep, and if you're trying to train for aesthetics, you're not strength training. Your are resistance training, but you're not strength training. It's a very different thing. Um, but this program is actually a strength training program. Like it's built around a day of squats, a day of deadlifts, a day of bench press and a day of overhead press with just a little bit of low volume accessory work thrown in. So if you wanted to work on your compounds, you wanted to take a break from a traditional bro split and give something else a shot. Here's your chance. So it's called smash, um, like Hulk, get it strength. Yeah. Um, And also, I've been watching, like, all the Avenger movies with my wife lately, so it was just fresh on my mind. Um, So, uh, you can go to 5starphysique.com, click on Workout Plans. It's up there at the top, and there's actually a uh, – I'm redoing that page also. Um, Oh, that's the other thing. I've been rewriting some pages on my website too. So, the the web team has been really busy this week. Um, But that uh, that plan, I'm rewriting the workout – plans uh, page on the site. And so that one has its own page where I go into more depth on it, uh, go into more detail on it. and uh, So it's not just a, a tiny little write-up, but there's a little bit more elaborated upon there. Um, what have I been up to? So I've been on this cut now for, oh boy, I should probably pull up my tracker because I need to, uh, I need to be able to out myself for all of the bad things that I've been doing lately on my diet. Oh no, Darren, don't, don't say it ain't true. It's not true. My diet's actually been completely 100% perfect. And that is not a lie. That is actuality. I've been totally flawless on it so far. So I started on what? July 29th was day one. And ever since then, uh, it's been good. And since July 29th, so this is like 11 days. I'm down 1.2 pounds, but I'm okay with that because I I feel and look about 10 pounds lighter. So I'm okay with that. And this just goes to show you the scale is not everything. It really isn't. You've got to be aware of those changes that are happening. You've got to look at yourself with a fairly critical eye. Um, but a kind one I struggle with that more on that in a moment here um, but it's been going really well so I've been tracking that I've been tracking my abdominal skin folds as well I started you know left and right and i I just track the abdominal skin folds because I know those suckers move i don't I don't hold on to fat around my midsection for an abnormally long time, but I also don't lose it super quickly. So I feel like it's a pretty even um, measure of how things are coming along. Um, and also it, it, there are two skin folds left and right of the of the belly button that uh, I can reach myself um, <laughs> with just me and no help. So the left started out at an 11. The right started out as a 10, and currently they're an 8 and a 9. So I'm pretty happy with that. Um, cardio I've actually hit every day up until today. I took my first day off from cardio. Um, because it was leg day and I wanted to be ready for it. Diet's been a hundred percent on point. You know, we had that, um, discussion last week about, um, the, uh, eating out, uh, kind of at the last minute and that planning session that uh, evolved around that. So, It's been really good. Legs today was a two-hour workout from hell. It was awful, um, and I actually enjoyed pretty much every minute of it. Um, So a couple things. I went to the Knox Classic here in town on Saturday, so congratulations to everybody who was in that. It was cool to see prejudging. Uh, and you know, it, it kind of, kind of renewed my, uh, renewed, renewed my spirit and drive a little bit. I don't go to a whole lot of shows. The Knox is one that's in town. The next closest one is probably about two and a half hours away. It's a long time for me to drive to a show when I don't like crowds. Um, and also, you know, it, it's not like a, a big, um, Professional networking thing for me, you know. I, I it's not like I'm trying to get in good with you know local judges or anything like that. It just it, that's not something that's important to me. I'm not going there to try and find clients or anything like that. So that's not a uh, shows are not a, a venue, not something that I do for that. But I go because I'm I'm interested. If I know somebody in it, um, there were a couple people people from the gym that I go to that I knew were competing in this, so I just wanted to see um, and just you know check it out and 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 take it all in. It, it's also interesting just to see like how the judging plays out. Um, And so there were a few things that I noticed that were curious. And uh, I I commented on these very briefly in my Instagram story after I got out of the show, after I got a prejudging that morning. Um, The first one being, if you're going to put in all the work to go through a show prep and get up on stage and never have anybody who has any clue about posing put a pair of eyes on you, just don't do it. Don't get up there because um, I saw some truly horrific posing where I'm like, did you just try to learn how to do this this morning? And it's not like their bodies weren't ready or anything like that. It's just they have zero clue about posing about like in a front pose, what are the features that we're supposed to be looking for? What what are you trying to show off? What are you trying to demonstrate? Some of the most awkward arm positionings I've ever seen. It's just like, oh my goodness. Like you you would actually look pretty good and you could do well, but your posing is you're gonna lose a significant number of spots in your placements, specifically just because your posing is terrible. So the offer that I made, and this stands, if you are an independent Competitor, you are coaching yourself, um, and you're like, I'm gonna do this myself. I won't tell anybody. But if you don't have anybody to look at your posing, send me your pics, Darren at 5starfitness.com. Send me your pics, and I will tell you if you're on the right track or not. And if you're not, I will give you some free advice on what you can do to fix it. Um, so I'm not. gonna We're not gonna do a Skype session or anything like that. But I think it's just worth it to have somebody who knows what posing is supposed to be, just put a pair of eyes on how you're doing it and let you know if you're on the right track or if you need significant changes. And if you need significant changes, in a nice way, I will tell you, I'm not going to say, whoa, you can't do this show because that's terrible and you look like an idiot. No, I'm going to say, hey, um, we're missing the point of this pose. I need you to just X, Y, and Z. It'll be really easy, but practice that. And then I might ask you to send me a revision so I can see what it looks like after you fixed it. So anyway, that offer stands. If you're listening to this as I, on the day I recorded, August 8th, 2018, or if you're listening to this uh, you know, August 8th of 2038 and I happen to still be alive, then send me your picks. This offer stands until the end of time. So um, if, if episode 67 ever um, somehow becomes missing from the drop set archives, you'll now know why. It's because I got sick of all the emails. But uh, in the meantime, hit me up. Um, so it was a good time there. The other thing that I noticed is um, the the judges did some strange things, and I know that they do this at other shows as well. So women's physique uh, in open, they had classes A, B, and C well, classes A and C only had one person in them. B had four, and so they brought all six of the competitors on stage at once with um, the, the individuals in the uh, classes with just one flanking the four um, so that they could be compared against one another, basically just so they could put everyone through the quarter turns and mandatories all at once instead of it three times, which I thought was great. Um, it, you know, it, there's, there's no need to get somebody out there by themselves to run through the quarter turns and mandatories when it's gonna be really, really rushed just because clearly you're just going through the motions. There's nothing to judge when there's one person in a class. Um, and for, for Class B that had a few people in there, you know, they, they took their time. And so the, the other people, the two in A and C, the one each in A and C, um, they got a chance to spend a little bit more time on stage and, you know, at least feel like they were being compared against somebody else. So um, I thought that was good. Um, the, the competitors were of a pretty high level all around in the show. Um, really, really pretty good top to bottom. I remember the true novice classic physique. Um, that could have passed for an open class, actually. Like everybody there had some size and was conditioned it was really cool to see that and I'm not gonna lie I was looking at classic physique open c um, just to see who my competition would have been if I was in that show um, I, I had contemplated it many months back but never pulled the trigger on it but now I'm cutting I just kind of want to see you know well, what what's going on out there so I don't know still on the fence about that um, one thing that absolutely drives me nuts is uh, and I don't blame anyone in the audience for this but when they're doing um, call outs specifically when they're doing a lineup and then they they call out a number to get moved to the center and then that person's contingency in the crowd goes crazy because everybody wants to be in the center because that means the judges are looking at you for first. Can we please judges, NPC and IFBB judges all around, can we please stop doing that? It is so dumb. It is just absolutely dumb. Now I understand you're like, well, you know, they're the best, we need to flank them with the ones that are closest. I'm sorry. If if you're a judge, you can sit up there and you can look at somebody and then look at somebody two people over from that person and make a determination as to who you like better. They don't need to be right next to each other. You don't need to put the best person that you perceive in the class in the middle so that then you can fairly compare to everybody, everybody else for second and third. It's just not necessary. And what you're doing is you're telegraphing things completely and you're kind of making it the the – idiotic, okay, I've talked about this a bunch, the idiotic, completely idiotic um, weight between pre-judging and finals. I mean, we need to do away with that first, but it becomes even dumber if the outcome is already kind of known from pre-judging. I, mean, I know there are some, pri- some surprises in store and that happens sometimes, but stop telegraphing it because all you're doing is you're, you're cheapening the whole value and production of the show in doing that. I mean, it, it's kind of like a murder mystery where you know there's a fourth wall break in the opening act where the, the 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 guy who killed the other person confesses to the camera, and they're like, "Okay, cool. Let's see how long it takes for the police to figure this out." What is the point? I mean, it's so dumb. It's so dumb. So I I I, I anticipate the day when that stops and when that is no longer a thing. So. Um, what else happened? So, um, one thing happened that was kind of interesting and unexpected. So, if you've been listening to this for a while, you know I've worked with um, a coach previously in the year, and I ended that just because I, I was starting to feel like it was it was not productive. Like the diet I was on just did not feel good. We were trying to grow at the time, and I understand getting out of your comfort zones, but boy, it felt like you know, it felt like contest prep. But I was trying to grow. Um, Like it was that level of rigidity and I'm like, this doesn't doesn't really work for me. And I just didn't feel like the accountability was really there. And um, the the training was kind of lazy as well. Like there was a plan put in place, but then it was never updated. I've talked about this before. So Um, I was just kind of unimpressed. And I've had um, I've had some uh a, a mixed bag of results with coaches that I've worked with in the past and some of it was just you know a case of you know uh, I I guess I probably just wasn't ready to to commit to this just yet and you know the the places weren't the the pieces weren't in place yet or whatever reason and sometimes it was just personality clash or it started out well but then you know, there was things were really great initially, but then I could just tell that there was, you know, there was no follow through. And now I've, I've kind of learned how to identify when that's happening. Like when somebody is like really responsive right up front and then they kind of tank. So part of it's on me also is to make sure that I'm, you know, staying involved in the process too. So anyway, I've worked with coaches. I think, you know, even coaches need coaches, um, especially if you really, really want to bring it because you cannot, there are exceptions to this. I know, I know people who have done this, but generally speaking, you cannot coach yourself as well as you can coach somebody else. You cannot judge yourself as fairly as you can judge somebody else. And I'm talking about progress there. Um, so I wasn't even looking for a coach for this prep. I'm just like, you know what, I'm going to try it myself and we're just going to see how it goes. We're going to see what I can do. So I set up a plan for myself, you know, diet, cardio, supplementation. All right, I'm cool. It's come out of the gate with guns blazing. Awesome. And so you know, and, uh, you know, I, I stalk a lot of people on Instagram and following people. So I'll comment on things, you know, hey, nice, looks good, blah, blah, blah. Catch somebody in a story, send them a reply. And occasionally this leads to a conversation, just, you know, chatting it up. And um, I got into a conversation with somebody and it was, you know, just regarding like, you know, overall, you know, like... Training philosophies, things that work, the state of the industry, um, you know what's going on with judging, um, you know what it's like, you know we're working with clients in an online capacity, and that kind of thing. And I got to talking back and forth. I'm like, this person kind of gets it. This is kind of cool. Okay, cool. And I wasn't even really thinking like, hey, I should hire this person as a coach or anything. But, um, I you know I just started talking like, yeah, I'm in this cut right now, and you know we'll see. I feel like you know it's it, it's really tough to um, to. Uh, judge yourself and assess your own progress but I'm, I'm gonna try and do the best i can and you know came to it and they offered like or, or i think i asked i'm like do you offer any kind of like assessment evaluation can i pay for that and they said hey, yeah no don't pay just you know send me your stuff and i'll give you my thoughts on what you're doing right now so i sent over the rough um estimate on what i were uh, just a, a general description on what i was doing sent over some photos got some feedback and i'm like kind of like where this is going and so um I have a coach now, basically, is what I'm saying, so I wasn't looking for it, it just kind of happened, and it kind of materialized, so um, it's uh, Lainey Hart, who is an IFBB Pro women's physique competitor, and I've never had a female coach before, and I'm kind of excited about it, um, it's, uh, it's different, um, but so far, uh, I'm, I'm really excited, like, she's extremely responsive, um, kind of communicates with clients the way that I do which is one thing that I always felt was tricky before. Like if I'm going to take the time to write out a question and provide some information, I get back like an answer of yes, no. Like, okay, well, that's good. But can I get a little bit more insight? Um, because you know, oftentimes there are things that I think I know the answer to already, but you know, I hired you, I want your opinion as well. Like not just yes or no, but why, what's the reasoning behind that? And I think that's reasonable to ask and expect. Um, and she, she's very gracious with her time. Um, even before just when we were chatting it up, uh, and her, her feedback and responsiveness so far has been fantastic. So, um, and I like it. I, I said a couple terms, like, you know, I'd really like to continue with doing macros for as long as I can to have a little bit more flexibility, uh, but I'm willing to do whatever it takes on cardio. Um, and the other thing is, you know, I, I'd really like you to write up training for me because I can write training programs all day long, but then, you know, w- once I start to do them, I start to pick them apart in the process. I'm like, oh, maybe I should be doing this instead and that kind of thing. Whereas, you know, if somebody writes it for me, um, kind of like, uh, you know, several episodes back, I talked about that John Meadows program that I followed for four months. So, um, it, uh, it's just very different having somebody write a training program for you. And then you're like, okay, cool. So, you know, <laughs> this is what she sees as being, you know, deficiencies in my physique that need to come up. So, um, you know, there's, there's two leg days in here and they're both very, very hamstring dominant. <laughs> so, uh, I've been sitting in this chair for a while now. I did legs today and I have a feeling when I go to stand up, it might be a little bit dicey. We'll see how it goes. Um, but anyway, I'm, I'm really excited about it. So, um, we're just a handful of days in at this point, but I think it's going to be a good thing. So we'll see where it goes from here. I will keep you posted. So, um, let's see the the other the, the main topic that I wanted to discuss here today, um, which uh, has taken much longer to get to than I thought it was. But I have heard some some feedback from people who said, "Hey, we really like the longer episodes. Can we do some of those?" Um, so, I, I guess this, although I didn't mean for it to be one, is going to be one. So, you're welcome. Um, I had a question from a client last night. Thank you, Tyler. Always appreciated. Um, Asking, like, you know, how how do you get into the business of what you're doing? Um, And I've I've had this question before. It's come up many times. Um, One of the great things about being a a trainer or a coach for contest prep is you get a lot of other people as clients who are also trainers, but maybe not necessarily, um, maybe they aren't super well-versed or comfortable with contest prep. So, um, and I know a lot of them, like I just said, even a coach needs a coach. And I think a lot of people who are trainers, they also hire a coach knowing that one of the benefits they're going to get from that is experience and seeing how somebody else works and try to learn from that. And I'm totally cool with that. Absolutely. I have had um, one previous client that I remember um, who actually like legitimately ripped off the formatting from my program and then put it on um, Instagram and said, hey, I'm offering training now. <laughs> I'm like, "Uh, dude. Like, oh, sorry, I'll change up the way that looks. I'm like, you better do a lot more than that. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to threaten anybody with legal action because uh, our legal department here at Five Star Physique is a little understaffed at the moment. But just don't be a dick. That's all I'm asking. Don't be a dick. You know? Respect other people's work is what I'm saying. Um, there, there may be a time where you know if I uh, if I do one of these podcasts when I've had a few and I'm feeling a little bit tipsy and I'm like I'm gonna push the record button and see what comes out. That uh, one of the topics that I'm saving and it's on my uh, my topic list for drunk podcasts. Is uh, client horror stories, um, and that would be one of them. But they, they get worse than that. So um, someday, I feel like it might be a little inappropriate. I wouldn't name names; that everybody would be anonymous. But oh, the stories I could tell from some of the the some of the people I've had to work with. I'm sorry, some of the people I've gotten had the pleasure to work with um, that maybe didn't turn out so well and had some issues. I think that might be an interesting segment. But anyway, um, for another day. For another day. So, um, how, how did I get into this? Um, you know what, if, if you are interested in becoming a trainer or an online coach, let's just walk through the chronology of how it happened to me because I think it's fairly typical, um, you know, if you've listened to this before, I've kind of relayed my story, but um, just to recap very briefly, um, out of high school, I went to college as a music major. <laughs> Everybody have a good laugh at that now. Um, that did not last long. Um, and then I uh, dropped out. I worked delivering pizzas for about a year, and then I got hired into a tech company. And that is where I started my tech support career, actually. So I started out as a level one technician and working in a, a call center. And then a level two technician, then a senior technician. And then I worked up to a product team leader for a product line. And then I became a supervisor of support operations. So I was actually more of like in a administrative managerial role, which did not suit me very well. I had to fire somebody. It's not my thing. Um, I had to talk to people about, you know, the importance of taking showers in one-on-one conversations. Not my thing. Don't like that at all. I don't know many people who do. Um, and then eventually, you know, there was many, many rounds of downsizing in that company as they were going under. I think I got caught in the fourth round, so I lasted. I lasted pretty well. I was pretty happy with that. Um, and then I, uh, I, I worked for another tech company that was in kind of a, a, a parallel industry. Instead of being like computer peripherals, it was digital signage, um, and so you like you know electronic billboards that you would see either like big ones by the side of the road or. Um, maybe you've got like, you know, LCD screens in Walmart or at the line of your bank, you know, all that content is coming from somewhere. It's programmed somewhere. So the company that I worked for made those um, systems. So, um, I was working there for a while and then you know it, there got to be a point where i'm like I, I gotta go back to school and do something so i, I was I, I took that job and I, I switched to part-time as i went back to school for civil engineering because i knew i wanted to be into you know construction building design something like that so i went back to school i completed three years there had an internship that internship was crap it was awful and while i really enjoyed all of the classroom work and all of the math and all of the physics that went into that um the actual practical application of it and how it worked in an office environment was just so wholly unappealing. Um, I'm like, I got to take a a semester off and I don't know what to do, so I'll get a personal training certification. And then that's where that story pretty much ends and this new one starts. So um, I started training in a studio um, in Eugene, Oregon, and then um, moved to North Carolina after a while, worked in um, a studio there. Um, So my, my actual training experience my gym training experience has been limited just to to studios um i've never trained in a commercial gym which i, I kind of take some pride in because a lot of commercial gym trainers who they don't they don't have it going on so much um if, you know well i mean we, we have chains around here um some of them where they're, they're like you know corporate trainers that are um not not really well versed in in knowledge that's actually practical, um, but more like textbook knowledge. You know the kind of kind of trainer that you know wears khakis and a polo shirt. You know it's like eh, okay, you're a trainer, but are you really? I mean, I don't know. I know a lot of gyms they just have have a dress code for whatever reason, but um, anyway, I I won't go off on that tangent tangent. Now I know there's some people listening here like, hey, I'm a trainer and I wear khakis and a polo. I don't mean you. I'm sorry. I don't mean you specifically. I mean you generally. (laughs) Um, I mean your gym, really. Like, if if your gym doesn't let their trainers wear shorts, is it really a gym? I don't know. I don't know. It makes me wonder. It makes me wonder. Um, So... Uh, I trained at a couple studios, which was great because it made me responsible for getting my own clients um, and the only way that I really knew how to get clients was you know through technology so I built a website and that was a website specifically geared towards the geography of my region you know it was heavily talking about Eugene, Oregon and that kind of stuff so I, I would have blog posts about local shows that I went to and that kind of stuff because I knew that I always really wanted to work with competitors you know I, I'd been training um, Uh, for a long time. Um, With that in mind, I I trained with competitors as well, so I was well versed in how it all worked. Um, It was something I knew I enjoyed. I would love to actually work with competitors, so it was a niche that I I had been building from from as soon as I started training, just because I knew that's where I wanted to go, Um, and I already had a knowledge base before I actually officially became a trainer, just in bodybuilding generally anyway. So um, so my website would talk about that a little bit, and I was I was always making the pitch, like you know, even if you don't want to compete, the principles that a competitor Abides by are are what you need to get yourself in shape. You know it it works, and you know you don't have to be as extreme with it, but those same principles work. So let's learn them. Um, So the website was there to drive traffic towards. Um, my, my local business. And it was not terribly effective in that sense. I mean, certainly I didn't really know what I was doing, but I knew how I could at least try. Um, And then eventually over time, you know, I moved to North Carolina. So then all of that Oregon stuff um, became useless and I had to repurpose it for North Carolina. So there was a lot of writing and rehashing that had to be done. And at at that time, I'm like, you know what? Um, You know, I, I heard of, of online coaching as well. And I started to think like, you know, ultimately this would be what's really nice to do is working online. And so, you know, if I can pick up a few clients here and there, um, you know, I have my client base that I see in person also, but maybe, um, maybe I can, you know, start to supplement that and, you know, work with fewer people in person, more people online, just for greater flexibility, um, that was kind of the strategy. And so I was able to work with, you know, a few people here and there online, but still I was spending most of my time in the gym. So one of the things when people talk to me now and they say, what separates you from other trainers that, that work online? I'm like, well, I work exclusively online. I don't split my energy between my online clients and my gym clients because I used to do that. And I know how much both of those suffered. <laughs> how much both of the audiences suffered in that case because my time was being split. Uh, some people can pull it off a little bit better than I could. I did not do well with balancing that. So the fact that I work exclusively online now lets me be a lot more efficient, a lot more effective in working with everybody that I work with. So um, that was always kind of the goal though. It was like, okay, so how, how, how can we, we move to being online? You know, what's important there? I mean, how, how does that work? And you know, I got to confess also, sometimes you just got to get lucky. You just got to get lucky. So, um when you're, when you're starting to train in person, clearly you need, um, you need a certification. Um, typically because uh, one of the most common mechanisms is you need a certification so that you can get insured for the facility where you're training at. And you need some kind of, uh, certification that's recognized by a company that provides personal training insurance. So that was why I got a certification. Well, if you're training online, you, you don't have to be insured. It doesn't help you. Um, doesn't do anything for you. There's no insurance for online training. Um, but what you do need is credibility. You need credibility, and that can take on a couple of forms. So, um, credibility is one of the reasons why this podcast exists. Um, this podcast exists so that I have a library, an archive of things that I have yammered on about in the past that all speak to my credibility. So you're like, hey, I wonder what Darren thinks about blah. Well, let me go through the archives here. Okay, there's 67 episodes. There's a good library of stuff that um, is all my, my positions on X, Y, and Z. Um, other ways you can get credibility, write stuff. So writing blog posts. You know, A lot of my early clients... Um, before I really had a library built up of before and after photos from working with people online. I had before and after photos from um, people that I'd worked with in person. I always felt like that was a little misleading though because if I'm trying to offer somebody online training, um, it's not really fair to show the results of somebody that I worked with in person three days a week because they're completely different beasts working with somebody online and working with somebody in person. So um, that's one of the big uh, things that really... Um that it's a trap that people could fall into um, when they're, they're trying to find a coach online, as they look at all these results and you know, oh, well, all those results are people that actually live in the same town as the trainer. And they actually work with that person, you know, face to face, as opposed to you know all the people that they work with online. I don't see any of those people actually, um, and it's one of the things about social media. You can see all the pictures, but you really, really have to dig um, to find out. Well, is this person local or not? Um, and then you find you know, all kinds of private accounts. You get blocked, so you can't necessarily see what you want to see. So it can be difficult. So one of the things that I put in a disclaimer on my results page online is every photo up there is somebody that most likely I've never even met in person much less worked with face to face um because I think that's important um getting getting results from somebody um online is is a whole different beast it's a whole different skill set it's a whole different level of strategy involved in that so um just because you can train somebody uh, in person doesn't mean you're an effective coach online remotely so um so I didn't feel good about doing that, but I only had a few photos anyway just because the, the, the studio that we were at, we attracted a clientele that was very camera shy. You know, They didn't want to be photographed anyway. So um, the, the photos that I had, they were few and far between and they weren't terribly compelling. Um, so a lot of my early clients, um, they would contact me and they would say things like, hey, I read on your site what you wrote about blah, 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 and it really clicked with me. And to this day, um, I, I heard that from somebody a couple weeks ago. And if somebody something that I wrote like four years ago, I'm like, you're going that deep back into my archives? Hot damn, that's cool. Um, so I, I mean, writing stuff, putting out something on a platform like this, if you have the knowledge and the expertise to talk about it, is good. Um clearly, there is no evidence that is more compelling than um photos that, that show this is the work that I've been able to accomplish with clients. Um, but it's going to take a while before you can get that. You've got to start somewhere. So you've got to start with the the product that you're selling, which is you and your credibility. So clearly the other thing is if you're not good at leveraging technology, being an online coach is not for you because it's all about technology. that can mean a lot of different things. Um, A lot of online coaches, they get by with like, you know, text message and Instagram messaging and maybe a little bit of email, but they don't have a website or anything like that. Like, all right, that's good for you. But You've got to be really exceptional at what you do for that to to really work. Just from a an internet traffic standpoint, um, it, it's it's very difficult because you know when you're when you're looking for an online coach, what's the most common place you go? Google. And if you if you go to Google and type an online coach, it's not going to pull up people's Instagram profiles. Um, so if if that's what you're relying on, you're going to miss a lot of potential eyeballs. And the way to get your client base up is to get as many eyeballs as you possibly can, um, on what you do. So, um, Having a website that is good, that is professional, that looks modern, and says everything that you want it to say is what you need. So, um, being a good writer is really helpful, and uh, a writer that speaks in the language of uh, you know the, the clients that you're trying to reach also. And I feel like that's one thing that actually I, I feel I've always felt like that's something that I struggle with, like. You know, I feel like I'm I'm very you know I'm I'm very preachy or very professorial. I'm like this is how we do X Y and Z. Blah 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 blah. Not terribly conversational. So that's something that I've been trying to change in my writing lately. Um, but nonetheless, it, it, it's worked. So um, and the the way that you write, um, you know, however you write, it's going to attract some audience. You know, some audience. It may be larger. It may be smaller. It's going to attract some audience. So I think. I think my audience that I, that I tend to attract is a little bit more, um, savvy, you know, a little bit more on the the intellectual side of things. I mean, I, I am wearing my glasses right here as I record this podcast. So clearly I'm smart. Right. Um, but just because of the way I write, um, you know, I, I write towards people who want to read also. So, um, if you find yourself pulled into to longer blog posts, explaining things and, and going in depth on things, then I mean, that, that's more likely the audience I'm going to have. So the people that don't do email very well and don't communicate very well online, that's less of my audience. And I can usually identify those people early on. And I'm, I might actually say something like, I don't know that we're really a good fit because, you know, we have to, all of our communication is going to be remotely and remote. And if you're not Emailing well, and I can't really understand what you're saying. and You're not getting yourself across very well. It's going to be very difficult for us to do something. So, um, h- how I got successful, it was you know one of my one of my early clients. I just had great success with her, and so I shared that all over the place, and that became a really really great launching point. And so what it all comes down to is it's very simple, but the most important thing is you've got to be good at what you do. Um, that's it. Uh, That could almost be the end of the story, but there are a lot of great trainers out there that aren't terribly successful as far as building their business. And so understanding how to leverage technology, like how to build a website or how to find somebody to build a website for you and be willing to pay for it um, is helpful. Um, But there are so many tools out there that are available for that that I feel like um, that's becoming less and less of an impediment these days. So um, if you want to be successful as a trainer... Um, a, a, as a coach online specifically. Um, a a few things. So be good at what you do. um, Have a good understanding of technology and know which aspects of technology you want to leverage. If it's more website, if it's more social media, I wouldn't go exclusively one direction or the other, but I would do a mixture of both. And maybe your website is largely just to, you know, advertise your social media presence with just a little bit of information up there, some pictures and a contact form. That's great. I use mine as more of a repository. So I have additional, like my workout plans are up there. There's a page for this podcast that's up there. There's a page that talks about me, there's a talk, page that talks about my coaching services. There are more pages that are going to be coming soon as I have extra content that I've been working on that will be that will get put up there. So it's really more of like a bodybuilding repository. And oh yeah, it's also run by a guy who does online coaching. So be sure to check that out too. And I feel like with the, with where I am in my business right now, I feel like the other stuff is starting to become a, a focal point in more of my social media presence. That the fact that I do coaching gets kind of lost in the shuffle. But that is. That's uh, as I've said on here before. That's the only way I pay the bills is through coaching. Nothing, nothing else makes me any money. So I just do it because I enjoy it. So um, there are some other points that I was going to make there, but uh, shoot. Oh yeah. Um, the other thing is developing a niche. So I mean, my my niche. I mean, I I didn't have to think about it. I knew early on that I wanted to work with competitors. So um, having content that was focused on bodybuilding and bodybuilders and things that were relevant to them, talking about competitions, um, those kind of things. I mean, that was. Uh, from, from the word go, that was a focus of mine. So that's something where, you know, you go back in the archives on my site and there's stuff way, 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 way back, probably that I would disown at this point. Like, Oh, I, I didn't write that. Kind of like all of the uh, all of the media um, figures that have been outed for all of the uh, the old racist stuff that they've written before. <laughs> They're like, oh, I got hacked. <laughs> Joy Reid, I'm looking at you. Um, whatever uh, wh- whatever I wrote up on my website, I w- I've not been hacked as far as I know right now. It's all up there. It, it, I wrote it. I may not want to stand by it right now. And I'm, I may say, eh, I don't necessarily believe that anymore. But, yeah, I wrote it. So it's all up there. That being said, I have not looked back through my archive. So maybe there is something up there that I didn't write. I don't know. I don't think my website is a big target for hackers though. So have a niche, be good at what you do, have a passion for it, and be able to leverage technology. If you want to work online, you you can't be somebody who says, I'm not all that good with technology and want to be a really good online coach at the same time. And I think a lot of people just sell themselves short. Like, you may not say you're good at technology, but if you can figure out email, you can you know get a website put together, or you know know somebody who can put it together for you and can maintain it for you. It's not super expensive, um, and you know how to work your phone. You know how to stay in contact with people via messaging and stuff like that. That that's enough. That's good enough. You don't have to be a whiz. Um, like I, I, take it a little bit further. And so like I use Excel for all of my programs. I use, um, word and PDF documents for all of my training programs. I make stuff look pretty because I think it counts. Um, I'm too OCD to put out something that isn't properly formatted and properly spaced with everything, the same font, the same font size. And all. That. I mean, I just, I can't do it. It's nails on a chalkboard. If I put something out and I'm like, Oh God, that cell isn't centered. Let me fix it. Let me re-save it, re-export it, re-upload it, re-propagate it out through all the platforms just because one cell wasn't centered. I mean, you know, this, this is where I spend a lot of my time, realistically. So this is way more insight than anybody ever needed into my life. But there you go. I'm putting it all out there. So judge away. I don't care. Um, so this has been good. I think I'm done. I think I've said everything I needed to say. So this was supposed to be a mini episode, but we're coming up on the forty-five minute mark here. So I feel good about that. I feel good about it. So I will probably be back, maybe as early as tomorrow. I don't know. Um, got a lot of stuff going on this week, but uh, today, Wednesday, is actually my last really busy day of the week. So. Um, I'm hoping I can uh, turn out some more stuff. I've got some extra ideas floating around as far as things that we want to talk about in the podcast. But Tyler, thank you for your suggestion on this topic. It was worth it. Um, and she actually just suggested this last night. And so I leapfrogged it in front of a couple other things that I had planned just because I knew I could talk about this. And it would be easy. And I think there are other people out there that are curious about the same kind of thing. Like, you know, if we want to get started in something like this, how does it happen? So here I am um, kicking myself in my own ass, helping build future competition for myself. Who's the dumbass in the room? That would be me. Thank you. I'm going to take a bow right now. So Thank you all for listening. This has been number 67. Uh, We'll be back uh, if not tomorrow, then Friday for sure. We'll have something else this week for you. Um, Stay in touch. Um, So TheDropSet.com. Don't forget that listener QA line that I keep forgetting to talk about early in the podcast is still up there. 865-518-2974. Give me a call. Leave me a message. Let's Talk about it online um, or whatever this is. Is this online? Uh, it's pre recorded, so I don't think so. Um, Darren at fivestarfitness.com. Email me whatever's on your mind. Let's talk about it. You can also go to Five Star Physique, check out coaching, check out workout plans. There's a contact form on there. You can reach out to me directly from there as well. Social media Instagram at Darren underscore star, Facebook, YouTube, Pinterest, Five Star Physique, <clears throat> Twitter also is at oh God, I'm losing it. <laughs> I'm not going to edit that out. Twitter is at Darren Starr. I was so close to the end. I almost made it. Anyway, there you go. Thank you all for listening. I appreciate it. Have a great day.